God, I thank you so very much that you lead us because you love us. I thank you that as we turn to the word today, you've got something for us that's a help. Something that can improve our quality of life. Something that is indeed life-changing. Help us to come this morning letting go of our own thoughts and being open to what you'd say. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, we are in a series where we are talking about something that is essential to who we are. It's the kind of thing that if you took this out, this aspect, this topic, if you took this out of us, right? This spiritual family, this church, if you took it out, we would no longer be us. We wouldn't be recognized as us anymore. It's what you might call a core value. It's based on something that we believe. And and here's one way to look at what you believe. There are things that you hold with an open hand that are negotiable, that you may or may not be right about, may or may not matter. And there are things that you hold with a closed hand that are essential, that are eternal, that are the most important, that are undeniable. So this is one of those things that we hold with a closed hand, this topic that we've been in. And we're focused on the tagline for our church, our church name, City Harbor Church, a safe place to find and follow Jesus, right? It's not to find and follow coffee or one of the three bends, right? It's a safe place to find and follow Jesus. We're focused on this aspect of a safe place. And even some of the art that we've had done for the church is connected to some of the identity of Baltimore City. Because I believe going back over eight years ago when Rebecca and I were praying about, you know, God, what is it that you want to do? And God began to birth this idea of moving here from Portland, Oregon uh, to start the church and what was needed, uh, part of that whole vision. Uh, God used the words of Psalms 107, just a couple of lines that I'm going to lift here that are on the screen for you, that just jumped off the pages at me in a description of what God has done and what God wanted to do here in Baltimore. You see on the screen, He led them straight to safety, to a city where they could live. He calmed the storm to a whisper and stilled the waves. What a blessing was that stillness as He brought them safely into harbor. Now, that we can unpack the meaning of that for, for weeks, and we're not going to do that today, but that's a part of the origin story of this church. It's a part of it, and it's connected with our name, City Harbor Church, but it's also connected to why we would set out, why we would describe ourselves as a safe place to find and follow Jesus. And those of you that have been with us for a while, you know that we renamed the church not that long ago, and we added this tagline. And a part of it was because we wanted to do so when we already had a sense of who we really are. Not just who we want to be, who God said we should be, but also who we are. And I do believe that this is an accurate description of who we are. Now, we can always grow, we can always improve, but I think this is a good description. So how will we be a safe place? On the screen, you see four, to me, essential elements of that are required in order for us to be a safe place. 
We've already talked about our relationship with God. We can't be a safe place for other people if we ourselves are not finding safety in God. Right? And if we are not in a place of peace, if we are not in a place of finding safety in God, then we will feel insecure and defensive and attack other people instead of being a safe place for other people. Right? So, and then all these talks, of course, like always, are available on our website, cityharborchurch.com. Streaming, you can stream on your phone um, and through iTunes and other ways through you can get your podcast. So God, and then last Sunday we talked about love. A God kind of love. And what that means. And what that means in our relationship with each other. We looked at the scripture. What is God's imperative? What are the, the most important things? What is the thing that Jesus said was the most important? We're not talking about peripheral stuff, extra stuff, details. We're talking about the most important. So we can be a safe place through God, through love, through forgiveness, and through faith. Four different aspects of what it means to be a safe place for people to find and follow Jesus. We get from the scripture, well, let me give you this basic thought for this morning. And I know that for some of us, we're already starting to feel a little bit uncomfortable. I want to say something to you. Open up your spirit today for what God would have to say. Let go. Let God. The only way you will see your miracle is if you will let go and let God. Okay? So I recognize that this won't be easy, but I believe it's going to be helpful. Are you ready? Come on. Look at your neighbor and say, it's going to be okay. All right? Now, here's a basic thought that we're starting from. We can be a safe place by forgiving those who have wronged us and making a commitment to forgive those who may wrong us in the future. This is how we can be, as a spiritual family, as a church, a safe place. By forgiving those who have wronged us and making a commitment to forgive those who may wrong us in the future. Ephesians 4.32, this is God's word to us. Be kind, and this is specifically talking about believers, relationship between believers. Be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. When my sister and I were not getting along, this was the first verse my parents had me memorize. So I kind of have a love-hate relationship with it. Right? The you throughout Ephesians is plural. It's all y'all, and it's written to believers who are in relationship with each other that had a specific purpose. And there's no getting around what it means. Be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Now, around this subject, there can be a lot of discomfort, there can be pain, there can be also a lack of understanding. And so today, I'm going to put a variety of things on the screen. I want you to take notes quickly, listen fast, use your phone, take pictures of the screen, whatever you need to do so that will help you unpack what we're talking about. So that we have a clear understanding of what we're talking about. So first, forgiveness. What the heck is that? Forgiveness, to forgive, to cancel a debt, to pardon, 
to stop feeling resentment against. That's what that means. To cancel a debt. When we have wronged each other, there is pain, there is a price that must be paid. There is a debt that's there. Now, if I called you this week and I said, I've paid off your credit card. Different ones of you might fall on the floor, wet your pants. Others of you would be like, yeah, whatever. Based on how much was due on that credit card. Are you with me? Right? How big the debt that's forgiven has a huge effect on how thankful you are. Not a single person in this room is perfect. Not a single person in this room is righteous, is pure to a point where you could get to heaven on your own. No matter what you believe or think, not a single person here is able to do that. Are you with me? What that means is that you, yeah, you, you look so good, and I'm so glad you made it today. You wronged the God who said, let there be light. You wronged the God who created you. You deserve punishment forever. You. If I was holding a glass of water here, and in the glass of water, there was a grain of sand, and you drank it, and you got that grain of sand in your mouth, would you say that that glass of water was clean? No. All of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Sure, you're not Hitler, but you're also not Jesus. But Jesus made a way for you to be forgiven of whatever it is that you have done. And guess what? Also, you were born into this. And thank you, Adam and Eve. You were born into sin, standing in need of a Savior as an infant. You owe God a debt that Jesus paid. So you owe it no longer. So we've been talking about love and a God kind of love versus a human kind of love. Let's contrast human forgiveness with God's forgiveness, okay? God's forgiveness is a commitment to pardon graciously those who repent and believe so that they are reconciled to Him. Now let me unpack that just a little bit. What that means is that God is not going to punish you the way that you deserve. In the Scripture, that's called mercy. God is not going to punish you the way that you deserve. Instead, God's going to give you grace. That means God's going to give you something good that you do not deserve. That's God's forgiveness. Now, if we were to unpack all the scriptures about God's forgiveness for us, we would come away with these two concepts that you see in the bottom line on the screen. God removes our guilt and restores our relationship. Bringing us back into relationship with Him as though it had never happened. As though we're back right there in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. Right? With clothes. With Adam and Eve. Right? Before any mistakes. Before any sins occurred. Right? With uninterrupted fellowship with God on the planet the way that God had designed it. 
without the sweat of our brow on labor, without the curse of disease and thorns and things, right? Without the consequence of sin. Through Jesus, God has set us right. He has removed our guilt. Some of us walk around with shame and guilt because we have not yet let it go. Not because God has not yet removed it. Don't pick up and carry what God has not asked you to pick up and carry. In God, there's forgiveness. We don't do anything to deserve it. We don't do anything to get better. This is not a place for people that are doing good. Stop me now. You understand what I mean? This isn't the place that you come when you've had a good week. This is the place that you come no matter what your week was like. Because it is God that did it for you. The good news, in past tense, it has been done. We repent and we believe. What's that word repent? What is that? What does that mean, right? Jesus, it says in Matthew 5 that everywhere Jesus went, he was talking about it. He was saying it. it's an essential part of this relationship with God. Repent. To turn around in actions and attitude. To change behavior as a result of a complete change of thinking and attitude. It's, it's saying this, and, and this is what it means in our relationships with each other as well as our relationship with God. I confess that what I did was wrong. Please forgive me. I will not do it again. That, people talk about the unconditional love of God and I think that gets confusing because the forgiveness of God includes your repentance. You can't take seriously reading Jesus and following Jesus to call yourself a Christian without coming across the fact that Jesus uses this word all the time. It's important. I confess what I did was wrong. Please forgive me. I will not do it again. Now, obviously, this is a statement that is dependent upon God's grace. Because obviously God has not asked us to walk this out in our own strength. Right? It feels impossible because without God it is impossible. If you're trying to do it in your own strength, you're striving, you're stressing. It won't work. You will get tired. Welcome to the club. Right? It's only possible, this commitment is only possible by the grace of God. So it's every moment, every day, God help me to do this. Are you with me? This is an essential part of forgiveness. And in our relationships with each other, this is an essential part of forgiveness. The person who has done wrong, either by not doing the right thing or saying the wrong thing, doing the wrong thing, has to come to a place to say, I confess that what I did was wrong. Please forgive me. I will not do it again. I recommend the book called Unpacking Forgiveness. Let's look a little bit more at what Jesus had to say. You notice that Jesus gives us power tools. There's power tools in our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Or if it was in English today, it would be Daddy God. Jesus taught us to pray, Daddy God, who's in heaven. I praise your name. Your name is more valuable than any other. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. I will submit to you, God, what you want and how you want. 
Jesus, power tools, Luke 11. Daddy God who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us. Those of you that memorized it in the King James English. Our trespasses. As we forgive those who have trespassed against us. There he goes again. Jesus saying stuff that's impossible. Impossible if you're doing it in your strength. If you're trying to do it on your own. If you're trying to do it without the support of other believers. If you're trying to do it without the strength of God in your life. It is impossible if you are doing it without God. Look around this room. No, no, seriously, look around this room. Beautiful, humble, brilliant people who will hurt you. (laughs) Who have hurt you. Well, what? But you know what we do in God's family? We don't take the ring off. And you know what that makes it? A safe place. Not a place, oh, where grace abounds and sin abounds. Whoa, 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 whoa. No, no, no. Not a place where we can be abused because y'all gotta forgive me. Whoa, 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 whoa. No. A safe place because God is our leader. Daddy God, the one who cares for each of us, everyone in this room loves us, leads us because he loves us, forgave us, and with his forgiveness, we can forgive each other. It's really important that we understand what this means. Colossians 3.13 says it like this. Make allowance for each other's faults. Not pay each other for messing up. Not like the allowance your parents gave you a dollar. Don't give each other money for messing up. Make room. Now, here's what this looks like. Somebody in your life might be in a lot of pain. And they might be wounding you constantly. So that means we make certain decisions and we do certain things. So that fire-breathing dragon that keeps breathing fire this direction... We, God doesn't want us perpetually being wounded so we can make an adjustment so that while the fire is being breathed, we're not being scorched. Is anybody with me? Right? Making allowance for each other's faults includes understanding what's going on and making adjustments. Hello? This is an important distinction. God doesn't say, yeah, just forgive each other, keep screwing up, keep jacking, keep stealing from each other, gossiping. No. We're all growing. We're all changing. Love each other in a safe place. Are you with me? Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone. Ah, There he goes again. Forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, and he uses a word to refer to Jesus. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Now I know that right now this is offensive. I get it. This is offensive. This is impossible. This is, this doesn't sound right. How can that be true? I'm out. 
some people who have known me for a long time have said that forgiveness has become a part of the story of my life. And they could tell you about how I have been personally betrayed. Stolen from? Yeah, sure. Abused? Yeah. Sexually, verbally, mentally? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Taken for granted? A lot. Falsely accused? Yes. Personally betrayed? Yes. Yeah. All of those things have happened to me. But I want to tell you what freedom looks like. Because people have said that forgiveness is my life story, not because I walk around pissed off about what happened. Always talking about it. Sorry, excuse my language, those of you that offense. Seriously, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't walk around complaining about what happened. I live in freedom. I walked out forgiveness with the people that hurt me. I made amends. I gave them an opportunity to make amends. And I have prayed for them up until and through the point when I could pray for them privately on my own, pray for them, and no longer feel the pain. And I want to be honest with you, with some of the things in my life, that has taken decades. God can do it in an instant. Some of the times where it's taken decades is because I didn't walk out the principles of healing that we talk about and celebrate recovery. We've talked about here on Sundays. So I, I don't have all the answers to why some of, some of it took decades. But I'm telling you, look at me for a second. Look at me for a second. Because someday we were going to see each other in heaven. And I want you to hold me accountable for this. Okay? I'm telling you, I am standing before you free. Able to love on those people, pray for those people. No longer daily affected by that pain. I am free from those things that have been done to me. I have freedom. I have peace. I got the rocks out of my well. For some of us, worship is a struggle because there's resentments. For some of us, hearing the voice of God is a struggle because there are resentments. For some of us, prayer and Bible reading is a struggle because there are resentments. For some of us, we can't receive love from other people. We can't receive love from God because we're already up to here and resentments have gotten into our love space. I went years without being able to receive love from people that were trying to love me because I was so hurt. That is sadly the unmistakable story of my life. Years of people trying to love me and me not being able to receive it, rejecting it, hurting them instead to get them away from me because I was so hurt. Because there were things that had happened to me that I couldn't let go of. Why, God, would that be a part of your word? Because he loves you. And he knows It's for your benefit. It's for your benefit. Because He loves me. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Here's what that looks like. If somebody has wronged you and 
They're in a jail cell waiting to be punished for how they've wronged you. And don't get it mixed up. For all those who've not repented, God will judge. And no one can judge like God. And He will judge the guilty. It's why we call Him righteous. It's why we call Him just. But it's like the person that has hurt you is in a jail cell, waiting to be punished. And I am holding the key. The key represents the right to choose how they are punished. The when, the how. The key represents my right to see that they are punished. Here's what forgiveness looks like. I've got to let go and let God. I have to let go of the key. I have to give it to God. And I say, God, you get to choose how they're punished. And for some of us, we need to go back in our life. And I highly recommend Celebrate Recovery as a means to help you through this. It's not about perfection. It is a process. It takes time. You shouldn't attempt it by yourself. You should have the loving support of other people around you. But for some of us, we need to go back to that moment when that occurred and we need to let go of the key. That's what forgiveness looks like. But until you make that decision, and I want you to hear me because I'm going to say something specific that I believe to be true, you are more susceptible to an attack from our enemy. I have not seen anything that opens people up more to the demonic than resentment. Forgiveness is the key to you finding peace, to you finding freedom, to you finding healing, to you someday feeling it. It's not a fake it till you make it. It's a surrender. It's a let go, let God. And it's, God, I need your help. Remember what I'm saying. You cannot do this on your own. You can't. And as long as you can only think about this in terms of what you're capable of doing, you will hold, it will eat away at you the rest of your life. If you want to see what life is really like, help people that are elderly, like 80s, 90s. Here's what I have found in doing that. They're either really happy or really upset. It's not a whole lot in between. This is the key. This is the key. God leads you for your benefit. You can't do it on your own. You need the help of God. Let me just unpack a little bit more what this looks like. Oh, and also I want to refer to, and it's on the paper handout, Jesus gives us specific teaching on how to honestly confront a wrong. It's in Matthew 18. We teach on it once a year because we believe it's an essential part of us being a safe place. Here's what this forgiveness looks like. I make a commitment that with the help of God, check this out on the screen, this is helpful. I will not dwell on this incident. I won't obsess about it. I won't keep thinking about it. I will not bring this incident up again and use it against you. 
This is what forgiveness looks like. I will not talk to others about this incident. Matthew 18, Jesus makes it really clear. Gossip is not the path to healing. I will not talk to others about this incident. I will not let this incident stand between us or hinder our personal relationship. Now, please remember what I said with the verse about making allowance for each other's faults. There is a time and a space, and there's a lot of different things that this where you need to get out of the way for not receiving further injury. You hear what I'm saying? Okay? But I will not let this incident... Listen, I have received input from people that have been really helpful to me that years prior had severely injured me, even blocked me from getting a job. Falsely accused me publicly. But I got benefit out of the forgiveness that came in the relationship. How do we respond to the unrepentant? What do you do when someone, they're they're not sorry? Well, if we unpack what Jesus has to say, this is, this must be our our approach. We resolve to not take revenge. I'm gonna let go and let God be the judge. I resolve to not take revenge and I will proactively show love. That's how we respond to the unrepentant. Now, Five choices, and we're going to close with a prayer, and I think that you're going to feel better. Look at your neighbor and say, you're going to feel better. You're going to feel better. All right. A couple of these choices, you'll see some repeat. What we really want here, think about it like this. All the most important things that I learned about life, I learned in kindergarten. Right? In the kindergarten, we learn how to share. We learn how to share. What we're talking about is sharing with other people a God kind of love and a God kind of forgiveness that is not dependent on my ability, but is dependent on the grace of God, the one who never runs out. Are you with me? That's why this is encouraging, because it's possible. you got to be ready. right? Aren't you tired of carrying that thing around? Aren't you ready to let it go? We choose to believe that each person is created in God's image and worthy of love and respect. It's our first choice. Second, we choose to love others by God's grace with a God kind of love, faithful, patient, kind, and selfless. Christian, come and play. Third, a third choice, we choose to forgive those who have wronged us in the past whether they didn't do the right thing or they did the wrong thing. You know, one of the times that I had to forgive my own father, who a lot of people think is perfect because he's pretty close. He's, he's a great, he's a great father. But one time I really had to forgive him for something that really wounded me was a time when he didn't do the right thing. So whether they didn't do the right thing or they did the wrong thing, we can make a choice, a healing choice to forgive those who've wronged us in the past. Four, we choose to forgive those who may wrong us in the future. Here's Now, some of you know I love football. One of the things that I like about football, the chess match of football, is that on the line, when these athletes are facing each other, they're reading each other's body language. And sometimes with the wide receiver, you know if the ball is coming to him by what he does with his hands. 
before the ball's hiked. He's standing at the line. He's got, he's got a certain, and for some, like they don't have a good poker face, right? So their body language, their posture is different when the ball's coming to them. They're the, what's called the hot read, right? They're, they're their first choice. Like their, their body posture is a little bit different. God has asked us that our body posture would be ready to forgive. Ready. Kind of like, not I can't wait, you know, I'd be a little twisted, but I'm ready for when I'm going to get hurt again to put this to use, to get God involved in my life, to get the power of the living God moving through me, to show that other person love, to show that other person forgiveness. I have a posture. My posture, I'm prepared. I'm ready. I'm ready for when that ball gets hiked and that offense gets rolling and all my emotions are all jacked up again because I'm ready to forgive. With God's forgiveness, that's our posture. We choose to forgive those who may wrong us in the future. We choose, this is where we, this is the church part, right? Where how can we be a safe place for people to find and follow Jesus? Where we look and smell like Jesus, not flesh, not religion, not hypocrisy, right? We choose to build a family, a spiritual family, where love and forgiveness are an essential part of who we are. Where if you took a God kind of love and forgiveness out, it would no longer look like us, sound like us, smell like us. Think about that. You can have relationships with people that are committed to whenever it is in the future you mess up, they're going to forgive you. That's possible. Doesn't that sound good? Doesn't it sound like the kind of place you want to be? Not the place where everybody knows your name and all your problems and they're going to tell you about them. But the place where everybody knows your name and they're ready to forgive you. That sounds good. That sounds like a place I want to be. Because no one in this room's perfect. I've offended some of you in this room, some of you this week. And we've walked out forgiveness, those of you that have been honest with me and let me know when it happened or when I noticed it. But if we harbor it, if we're silent, pastors hate preaching on this. You know why? Because when they do, they get a whole bunch of people to come up and say, you know, you really offended me. I'm ready. I'm ready. Right? Because I have learned in my life that repenting, for me to confess my wrong, is the path to freedom. Is the path to me growing up. Is the path to me getting better, becoming a better person. Not relationships where people are expecting me to be fake and to try to pretend and to try to pretend that I'm somebody else. But instead relationships where we can honestly grow up in Jesus together. That This is the pathway to peace. our posture it's ready ready to forgive with God's forgiveness not mine because mine is inadequate it's possible I am living proof that this is possible it's possible 
You can have real freedom. You can have, you know how you can tell the difference between somebody who's religious and somebody who has a relationship with Jesus? The person who has a relationship with Jesus is quick to laugh. <laughs> because they have joy. Because they have been forgiven. They have the, they've pulled the rocks out of the well. They've removed the resentment. They're on the journey to growth and healing and change. They know that in Jesus there's living water that never runs out. It never runs out. Stand with me and here's our prayer. God is so good. He loves you so much. And I know, I know that all of us in this room have faced some kind of offense where this seemed impossible. And I know that some of us today are facing specific things. I know that, but listen, we decided on this topic weeks ago. We didn't know you'd be going through what you're going through this week. Here's what I know. The power and the grace of God is available to you today that is a miracle. What that means is it's beyond your imagination. It's beyond your ability to believe. It's beyond your ability to believe that it's possible. It is possible. It is a miracle. Here's a prayer. Thank you, God, for taking away the guilt of my sin through Jesus. Please forgive me for how I have wronged you. Please help me forgive those who have wronged me. With your help, I am committed to forgive those who wrong me in the future. Let's pray. You need prayer today. Please don't hesitate to come up to step out, to grab somebody, to ask Him to pray with you. God, we come to You today and we are asking You for miracles. God, forgiveness is a miracle. That means is that God, in our own imagination, it doesn't seem possible. God, our pain can become a part of our identity. Our pain is so familiar to us, we hold it so close that God, it seems impossible to let go. Today I ask that you would please help us to let go. Please help us let go. Help us let you bring healing, bring forgiveness. Father, forgive us for holding on to resentment, to anger, to hurt. Forgive us. God, please give us your love, your forgiveness for others. Help us to know how you want us to walk out repentance, reconciliation, restoration. Give us your forgiveness for others, Lord. God, I thank you because I know that it's not a maybe. You will do it. I thank you for that, Lord. Let there be healing in this place today. Help us to be a safe place for people to find and follow Jesus. I thank you for that today, God, in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Just as a reminder, in the back, there's a long, skinny piece of paper with some notes from today's talk to help you with some scripture. So please uh, pray for somebody. Ask somebody if they need prayer. Let's enjoy the, the food that we have to eat and what we have to drink. Grace and peace to you. Have a great week.